I think this is our first Netflix original. That can't be right. I don't know. That's how I feel, but I think it is right. I was this immediately is... going to say Mitchell's versus the Machines, but we haven't talked about that. Not counting bonus, we talked about it a, a ton yes. during a particular episode, but it wasn't only about yeah, Mitchell's and the Machines. Oh, we didn't do a Mitchell's versus the Machines? No, 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 it was just a big part of the ladies in 2022. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is our first Netflix original, so let's uh, get the oh, episode yeah. started. Um, that's my best to do. I was pumped because it had the dadoon in the copy we watched. <laughs> that <laughs> may or may not have been on Netflix. You you hadn't been within the home network of the Netflix login you have in the last 30 days? Uh, unfortunately, I have not taken my TV there recently. Yeah, it's never been a better time to get on the Netflix train. The product's worse than ever, but they upped the price. Um, mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Right where I want to be. Right, right in the sweet spot <laughs> of terrible service and too expensive. So let's talk about a Netflix original movie. <laughs> this is, uh, I guess I also actually forgot how to start the podcast this time, but as you know, I don't know how to start the podcast. So it'll either be, I don't even know what that was. Shitting or, on Netflix. Yeah, shitting on Netflix a little bit. Or something along the lines of, welcome to Late to the Movies. My name is Ben Holton. This is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Each week, we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now. This week, the movie, continuing Who Done It Month. Mercifully, one of the months that I don't have to explain that much because it just is what the title is. It's Glass Onion, semicolon, a Knives Out Mystery, a Netflix original. (laughs) I was really worried you weren't going to say the whole name and I was going to give you shit for it. Left to right across your podcast dial, the guests this week are Ray. Hi. Hi, and Greg. Hello. Hello. Uh, yeah, so this is a this is a fun movie. We'll talk about a sequel to Knives Out. It's our first Ryan Johnson movie. Mm. Our first Daniel Craig. You'd think maybe we'd have done a James Bond. We didn't. We do, we're doing this. <laughs> His most famous role. <laughs> yes, Benoit, Benoit Blanc. Blanc. <laughs> um, I think this is the most recent and best example of a whodunit movie. So actually, you know what? This is perfect. I can't wait. Yes. But I do have to wait because first I'm going to ask if you have watched anything good recently. Oh, we saw uh, Spider-Man. Yes. Oh, yeah. You haven't been on since you saw Across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, movie was awesome. Yeah. Unbelievable, I think. We talked about it a couple of times, but it's actually been a few episodes now because uh, those of us without kids saw it last month. Yes. But, um It's uh, something that doesn't look like a lot of other things is like the absolute least you can say for it. I think you can say a lot more too, but just on like a base level, there's no other movies that look like that that I can think of. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, I think that movie did something amazing. So yeah, very, very hyped about that one. I I would love to see it again, but I won't until it comes to DVD at this point. Streaming, whatever. Yeah. No, you have a healthy physical media collection. You can add it to that. I was thinking about that. Yeah, I'll add it to my healthy physical media collection. (laughs) Uh, What do you think, Ray? Uh, I liked it a lot. Okay. Yeah. I kind of want to see it again because, I don't know, I feel like it needs a rewatch. There was a lot going on in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Animation style is real cool. It is real cool. I mean, the, the voice cast is pretty great and I'm excited to see what happens when they finish telling the story. (laughs) 
That was the only weird part. <laughs> but that's okay. I yeah, kind of a crazy cliffhanger. Because of the cliffhanger, I feel like it's going to really take away from this movie if they fumble on the last one. I know. They it's they've really got really a great up. opportunity here though because I mean, it's hard to think of in mainstream like theatrically released American-made animation what's a trilogy that is like all bangers as the kids say. Yeah, there's very hard to think few trilogies in general. Cuz Toy Story I, 3 was yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it's Toy Story, right? And it's just everybody. But now it's else. not a trilogy anymore. It's not a trilogy. No, it's not a trilogy. It was gonna be a trilogy. Quadri- they they have the quadrilogy title, I guess. Quadrilogy, yeah. Uh, cars. No. Yeah. Honestly, I, don't think I feel like cars. even <laughs> even outside of animation, I feel like there's not a, a lot of like banger trilogies. No, I think a lot for a lot of people, it's maybe a generational thing. They feel the way that. You know, some people, maybe not everyone who's only watched them recently, but some people our age feel about like the Lord of the Rings movies, which came out when we were, you know, mm-hmm. 11 to 13. Um, and I think people who are like really into Spider-Man this, these days probably feel the same way of this, like, wow, something of this, you know, character of these, this world that I love and they executed it the best that they could and they hit every time. I know. Uh, so I'm really hoping I'm, they had a lot of eggs in that last basket. So we'll see. Um, I've been watching all the Mission Impossible movies. All of them? Why? Because uh, the new one came out, and I'm trying to watch them all before I go see it. I fell behind last night because we played Diablo, <laughs> but um, I just need to double up today, tomorrow, or just watch one before I go see it on Thursday, <laughs> which I guess is possible. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm going to see it in the IMAX in Providence on Thursday, and I've been watching all the Mission Impossibles. How many are there? Uh, this one coming out is the seventh one. Ooh. So I started last Friday. Now, are those all considered pretty decent movies, actually, though? No. Okay. So um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's having a horrible time. <laughs> uh, one is so much better than I remembered. It's just like a tight spy thriller, and Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise's character, is just like this paranoid, like super tightly wound guy he's still like a, a coolish guy but he's not like a cool guy you know action movie superstar that's more just a thriller and then the second one is the opposite mm-hmm. and it is not good but i had a great time um Tom cruise meets tandy way newton and within like five minutes they fall wildly in love and like that's the whole movie and as with as happens in a couple of these movies uh, they're like together at the end. It's a happy ending. She is not in any of the other movies ever again. Um, which is pretty funny. And that one's, but it, it's cool. So the first one's, uh, Brian De Palma movie. The second one's a John Woo movie. They, it's, it's just so different. It's, it's calling it an action movie. is like underselling it when the first one isn't even really an action movie. Um, there's a joust with motorcycles. It's, Whoa. it's pretty great. Um, it's kind of incredible. There's doves flying out of burning doors in slow motion. And that is not the vibe of the first one, <laughs> but I think it's fun. And then, so the most recent one I watched is mission possible three, uh, which as I was watching, I was like, Oh, I've never seen this movie. Oh. <laughs> so it's great. I hadn't seen yeah. it before. So now I'm going to feel more like a completionist. Um, but now I got, uh, ghost protocol next, which I'm excited about. That's the Brad bird one. He made the Incredibles. Oh, He's got a real eye for action, so it's good. I remember a little bit, but I think he like scales a skyscraper with like suction cup kind of things. I feel like the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. Oh, yeah, isn't that the tallest building in the world? 
It is. I think it still is too. Yeah. Um, I just remember that because they advertised it hard, and I think you were working at Regal at the time, and we were seeing a lot of movies, and every single movie had the preview for Ghost Protocol in it. I saw that movie at the Regal in Swansea. Maybe you were there. Aw, R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. I do miss it. So I so I've done three. I have three more to do before Thursday. We'll see how it goes. You got this. I got this. Yeah, let's get into this movie. Uh, technically, at the time, the most, the highest grossing Netflix release ever because they put it in theaters for like a week and oh. they made $15 million and then they took it out of theaters. Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, and then it was nowhere for like a week and people were like, what the fuck? I wanted month. to see this a month. They took it out of theaters, put it back in, um, put it on Netflix like four weeks later and people were like, I want to watch that movie that came out. And it's like, no, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't even pay money for it, but you could pirate it online probably. Yeah, you can pirate it online, but Netflix refuses to accept money to let you watch this movie that already came out. So weird. Who's anyway, running that thing? It's it's fine though. They they paid a cool four hundred and sixty nine million dollars for the rights to distribute these movies. Ooh. Um, I don't and uh, you know if they only want to leave it in theaters for five days and only make fifteen million dollars back, that's up to them. Um, anyway, let's get into it. This is a movie that I saw in theaters in that weird one week period. I had to go really wow. far. It wasn't showing nearby, but I liked Knives Out so much that I wanted to see this in theaters. Wow. Um, it was right after I had foot surgery. I was on a knee scooter. Oh, so I that? sat in the handicap section. Nice. Only time I've ever sat in a handicap section in a movie theater. Oh. So it's very special. Um, very special experience. Yeah. Yep. And then I watched it on Christmas after that because my mom hadn't seen it yet. Oh, so you haven't seen this movie in seven months. <laughs> I remembered every detail. <laughs> Oh, you better have. I did. I remembered small jokes that I liked that I want to mention that aren't in the Wikipedia summary. <laughs> so I'm good. I'm straight. And you both hadn't seen this before? Nope. But you have seen Knives Out. Yeah, we only, so we watched Knives Out right before the Oscar announcement because there was yes. this year, some, this yeah. Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there was some buzz that this might get something. So we're like, oh, well, you know, we, we weren't ready to watch any Oscar movies yet. And we had a little bit of free time. We're like, oh, it, Everyone says Knives Out was great, so we watched it in case this got a lot of buzz and it just didn't end up, so we never watched this one. Yeah, this only got an adapted screenplay nomination. Yes. Um, yeah. That weird quirk of the Oscars where sequels are technically yeah. adapted screenplays. This isn't yeah. based on a book or anything. Um, it's just based on the first movie, so yes. it's considered adapted. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because it's like barely a sequel, you know? Yeah, it's just Benoit Blanc is also here. Yes. Yep. Um, they reuse one character... Um, let before we get too deep into like differences and your expectations and stuff, let's have a one minute plot summary. Do either of you want to want to take the reins? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Sure. Okay. So our our movie starts. A bunch of people get mysterious packages. We don't know what's going on. They solve puzzles and get an invite to an island. We cut to Benoit Blanc, who is having a weird COVID crisis. He also gets a package. Uh, they arrive on this island. You find out it belongs to this bazillionaire or something. They're never yeah. clear. Uh, and they're all friends except for Benoit Blanc. You find out that the business partner got cut out and there's going to be a murder mystery party. Um, as it starts to unravel, you see that all these people have a reason to want this bazillionaire dead. Um, time comes for something to happen and he does not die one of the friends dies and now it's a mystery we're trying to figure out who who killed this friend uh and then the business partner that get cut out gets shot and then we do a huge flashback to find out that 
that's not even her. That's her twin sister. She had committed suicide, and the twin sister thinks one of these friends in this friend group who involved got this lady cut out murdered her because she really invented the company, and they lied and got the company taken away. We go back to her dying, and they, her and Benoit are able to figure out that it was the bazillionaire who did this this murder, but he uh, destroys all the evidence, so she like destroys his house and ends up destroying his reputation, and then all his friends turn on him and agree to testify that he was bad. And then she and Benoit Blanc sit on the beach and wait for the police boats to come. The end. Uh, yeah. Ob- obligatory, it makes no damn sense. Compels me, though, from Knives Out. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess, first off, did you guys like Knives Out? The first one. I thought Nigel yeah. was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very, very good. I do um, too. <laughs> it's been a little while, but I feel like I remember finishing that movie and being very, very impressed with it. Yeah. It's great. Great cast and story. Oh, yeah. The and cast was it. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one was filmed in Massachusetts. This one, very obviously not. Ooh, I didn't know that was <laughs> Massachusetts. That's cool. Yeah, that's a house okay. you can go visit. Uh, probably not. I mean, it's private probably, but you can yeah. go there. They can't stop I'm you. I'm going to climb that trellis enough. thing. Climb the trellis. Yeah. They, they, they probably, can't stop me. They must have taken that trellis down because I bet they had people climbing that trellis. Um, but yeah, I loved <laughs> I loved that one. And it's always funny to see like, um, you know, people against their like typecast. So having Chris Evans in it being like, yes, you know, was, uh, was really good. But yeah, Love Knives Out. I didn't have high expectations for this one because I felt like I had heard a lot about this movie and everyone just said, it's good and it's not as good as Knives Out. And it was like unanimous. Like 15 different people were like, yeah, it's good. It's not as good as Knives Out. It's a lot of baggage to bring into a viewing, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, no one was like... um, Which isn't your fault. That's just... Yeah, nobody was like... It seemed like everyone who said that spoke very highly of Knives Out. And I had seen it and was like, well, yeah, Knives Out was really good. So that's not... Saying a movie's good and not as good as this is like not exactly a, a, you know, a negative view of the movie. Yeah. But... um. What did you end up thinking of this one? I, I like this one a lot, actually. Okay, great. Yeah, great. I think this was a really fun movie. Yeah, I thought it was a really fun ride. I kind of, I don't know, it was it was pretty close to Knives Out. Cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Good, okay. I felt like there was a lot of stuff they did in this movie that was really effective and like really did a lot for me. The one thing that the movie kind of requires, um, do you guys care a lot about the Mona Lisa? <laughs> no, Mona Lisa's overrated. I don't care a lot about it, but um, I jump into the end. I was like kind of offended, like not offended, but I was like, she's going to just burn the Mona Lisa down. <laughs> like, like, okay. Yeah. Then this movie worked on you. I, I, guess. Was like, I was like, I feel like this is, I don't know if that's chill or not. <laughs> yeah. I am um, not cool. But, but when she explains Janelle her Renee. reasoning, I was like, well, actually, no, that was a really good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you always wanted to be mentioned in the same breath as the Mona Lisa. Yeah, I was uh, thinking more like how be. big of the news headline it would be. That yes, this called destroyed the Mona Lisa. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's true. You need to destroy the Mona Lisa. Maybe I should care more about the Mona Lisa, but I don't, and I don't think these people would. <laughs> and so, like, that's the one kind of dissonant point for me. Is it just like would the bodybuilder be like this freaked out about the Mona Lisa? And I guess he's dead for the end, but it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, but that's like a small quibble. Let's actually talk about the movie though. Um, and a good place to start is sort of Ryan Johnson. He's the writer director of both knives out and this, um, you may know him best as the guy who made 
The Last Jedi. <laughs> Did he do the Star uh, Trek movies or one of them? Or am I crazy? That's J.J. Abrams. Oh, you're right. He made the first two newer Star Trek movies. Yes. Um, and then left to go make Force Awakens. Didn't write or direct the second one. That was Ryan Johnson. And then J.J. Abrams reinserted himself to make Rise of Skywalker. We don't have to get into yes. all that. Um, yes, I, I knew he did the yep. second one. Yeah. And uh, Brick and Looper, all Ryan Johnson joints. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so this is our first Ryan Johnson movie. I like him as a director a lot. We don't have to talk a lot about him, but that's just, you know, point I want to make. Not always good at being like, this is who wrote the movie. And it's yeah, easy yeah. when it's also the person who directed it, because we always talk about the director. Yeah, uh, that's that's interesting that he also wrote these. A movie that he talks a lot about as an influence is a 70s whodunit called The Last of Sheila, which was uh, sort of unique in that it was written by Anthony Perkins, best known as an actor, Norman Bates in Psycho, and also starred in the movie we did last week, the 74 version of Murder on the Orient Express, and uh, legendary... Broadway luminary Stephen Sondheim also wrote The Last of Sheila, which is, I guess, the connection to why a very old Stephen Sondheim in his last film appearance shows up as someone that Benoit Blanc is playing Among Us with. That that like oh, that yeah. cameo of random people. Yes. Sort of towards the in Benoit it's Blanc's opening scene. All those people are like these are I know all of these people, but I don't know why. <laughs> like I was like, these all look familiar to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's all people who are like people that I guess not so much all general audiences are going to recognize, but it's more just like Ryan Johnson. I guess wanted to have these people involved. Yes. <laughs> who is everybody? Do you have? Do you know? I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is there. Does Ryan Johnson normally write his scripts? Uh yes. Okay. Yeah, he quite. I think for the most part has written his scripts. Interesting. Uh, so the scene when Benoit Vaughn is introduced in the bathtub, the other people playing Among Us with him are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, best known as one of the best basketball players of all time. But after that, started a career as a writer, has written a lot of mystery novels. Like I said, Sondheim co-wrote Last of Sheila, big influence specifically on Ryan Johnson for Knives Out and this movie. Angela Lansbury, the star of Murder, she wrote, and a million other things. Uh, and Natasha Lyonne also, who's... Um, seemingly pretty tight with Ryan Johnson anyway, has since then made a murder mystery show called Poker Face. Hadn't at the time, but that's more recent on Peacock, I want to say. Uh, like a detective mystery. She's she's doing Columbo, but she's a lady and has a deep smoke-infused gravelly voice. <laughs> um, One thing that I don't want to say didn't work for me in this movie, but just thought was really weird is the COVID stuff. Like, why? It's really tough to do COVID movies, and I feel like they made some of, like, the easy COVID jokes in the opening, like, puzzle box sequence with, like, don't worry, all these people are in my pod and stuff like that. Yeah, that um, was funny. But. And then kind of just got over it with um, the another random cameo, Ethan Hawke. Yes. Um, <laughs> I thought as soon as Ethan Hawke walked out, I was like, it's Miles. Miles is going to be Ethan Hawke. <laughs> you think it's that guy? Nope. He when it wasn't works. Miles, I was like, he did it. <laughs> but he never came back. <laughs> I guess he stays on the dock in Greece and he doesn't go to the islands. No. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, the COVID stuff is tough, I think, in any TV or movie that tried to incorporate it. I don't know that it ever felt that fun. 
I just, I think what threw me off is like they made such a deal of it being there. And then after 15 minutes, it was just non-existent. And I was like, why? It was was a quick cop out. Yeah. Why even put it in? I don't know. It's just weird to me. Yeah. And I feel like, I, I don't know. There's like, uh, yeah, I guess the, once they had started addressing it, they had to. But you see a lot of productions that happened during the height of the pandemic or even a little after it, like this did. This was the it's filmed in the summer of 2021. Um, and it's a lot of stuff like, oh, for some reason, these six people have to go to this secluded island. Mm-hmm. And like maybe that would have been enough. And then you don't mention that whatever pod stuff. And yep. well, I don't know. But it is kind of what it is. Yeah, like they didn't. Uh, you're going to Bazillionaire's Island. You don't need to. You don't need a reason, really. I don't know. Yeah. So it was a little weird. It was fine. And the the biggest issue you have with it is that you don't think COVID's real, right? I think COVID's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just weird that it kept mentioning. It. Yeah, why mention fake disease? Yeah, I thought it was going to be like something with um something to do with the masks. Like somebody was going to like sneak on because they were wearing a mask or something, and that didn't happen. Yeah, they so. immediately took the mask off yes. before they even yeah. got on the yacht to go to the island. Yeah. So. So, uh, we shouldn't skip over the very opening, which is the puzzle box sequence. What would you guys like of that? Immediately, that with the screen split, like cells and all that fun stuff. That was fun. fun. Honestly, that that uh, is kind of what hooked me right in. Um, because it was just interesting. The puzzle box were kind of unique, and um, I like when they movies sprinkling a little bit of comedy you know with like it's duke right is the yeah uh, duke's mom i like that i duke's, love duke's that his mom right. knew like everything all the answers yeah <laughs> yep. she kept yelling at them and he's like mom <laughs> i love that he's doing his what what, what how do they describe manism or something like that yeah <laughs> a manist talk or whatever yeah. and then his mom like slaps him in the face <laughs> oh <laughs> Um, I was kind of hoping she was gonna go to the island with them. Yeah, <laughs> the like to just be the and not have Benoit Blanc in the movie, but she just solves everything immediately. Yeah, like uh, in the background, walking by. Yeah, <laughs> the climax to the puzzle box scene of um Helen yeah. smashing it with the hammer was unbelievable. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was so so good. You don't know that's Helen for another hour, but yeah, yeah. it's good. <laughs> um. That was neat too. That totally threw me off because, yeah. you know, the, he goes through the whole thing of like, oh, you know, it, you had five boxes. Somebody must have resealed it. And I was I like, know. okay, well, it wasn't, uh, what's her name? Because she smashed it. <laughs> yep. They yeah. did really good with that. It was yep. a really good misdirect because I was like, oh, she, it's not her because she smashed it. Yep. Yeah. Um, I like in that sequence, did you guys catch the cameo? The person who explains what, uh, what is it, a fugue is? Oh, I saw him. I didn't know who it was. That's one of Massachusetts' best. That's a legendary, world-class cellist, Yo-Yo Ma, of course. Oh, that's Yo-Yo? That's Yo-Yo Ma, yes. Or at least he spends spends a lot of time in Massachusetts, so we're claiming him. Sorry if you're listening from a different state. He's ours. Um, But yes, he's the one that explains the concept. It's a fugue, right? Yeah. Did you get it? What do you mean? The foreshadowing? No. It changes meaning when you layer something on top of the thing that was already there, like the second half of the movie. Ah, hmm. no, I guess I didn't know. Oh, okay, <laughs> I didn't. I, I, I caught that in a second viewing. Yeah, I, was gonna, I didn't catch that from the two lines he says in the first ten minutes of the movie. Well, you just got to think this is important for a reason, right? But they throw like what eight different puzzles at you in like a thirty seconds. So, <laughs> and then randomly Yo Yo Ma shows up, and again, it's like I was watching it like 
I, I don't think the theater has a high percentage of knowing that that's Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> I, I really like... Even I wasn't like, sure, after it was ending, I was like, that's Yo-Yo Ma, right? <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, pretty sure. I like when uh, they come back to the puzzle boxes later when Benoit is talking to Miles about it. He's like, I was sent this box that had several very simple children's puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> and they cut to Ed Nord. <laughs> Looks offended. Miles Braun is played by Ed Norton. The The cast is ridiculous. You already mentioned uh, Dave Bautista's character, Duke. Yep. Um, his, I didn't know he, I didn't know any of the cast. So when I saw Dave Bautista, I was like, oh, oh this is awesome. Big you Dave. Know? We love Big yeah, Dave. Yeah, uh, yeah his, his girlfriend, Whiskey. <laughs> yes. Whiskey. Made by uh, Madeline Klein from Outer Banks. People really like that show, Outer Banks. I've never seen it. Uh, so it was funny, too, because when Ethan Hawke steps out of the car, I was like, Oh, he's gonna be like the millionaire. I was like, "This is awesome! I love Ethan Hawke." You know, and then he's just like, "She's not in it." He's not in it. I was like, "Oh!" And then they get to the island, and it's Ed Norton. I was like, "Oh, this is this is great too." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I forgive Ethan. Uh, yeah. I love Ed Norton. I do too. So yeah. I was pretty hyped. Imagine Kate Hudson is the one that that has is at the party that Yo Yo Ma's at, explaining fugues. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Henwick, who you might know from Game of Thrones and from Matrix Resurrections. Um. She's great. She plays uh, Kate Hudson's assistant. Peg. Peg. Yep. We love we love her. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr., best known for his uh, original cast of Hamilton. He's Miles Braun's scientist. Uh, who else? Who else is there? Janelle Monae. She's Helen slash Andy. Mm-hmm. Catherine Hahn also there. Uh, it's funny that it wasn't her all along, right? Ha ha. Laughs. She played that. Did you guys see WandaVision? Uh, no. no. Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> that would have killed in 2021. <laughs> oh, <man>. um, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, great cast. Yeah. I love Daniel Craig in both these movies. And then, of course, Benoit Blanc, played Benoit. by the inimitable Daniel Craig Doing a foghorn leghorn accent. Yes. <laughs> I love the accent. It's I fantastic. Love it. I love so it. Funny. It's clear he's having a good time. Yes. Yeah. I think the thing I like best is Knives Out was the first time I had like really seen a Daniel Craig movie since James Bond. Yeah. And he's He's just not James he's Bond. He's just not James Bond at all. And it's so much I love better. That. I yeah. do. I like he's it. seemingly a pretty silly guy. He's he's really great when he's been on SNL. Like and so it seems like this is just him and Ryan Johnson think this is the most fun they can have. So they're going to keep making these. Honestly, movies. I think he's like the thing that works best in the movie. Cause he does oh, really yeah. seem like he's just having a blast. He's really into the role. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so he, he does, he really cares. And not that the movie's not great on its own, but he does like, he makes the movie, I think. I think so too. So they get these uh, puzzle boxes open. There's an invitation to miles bronze, Greek Island. Ethan Hawke sprays something in their throats to make COVID not exist while they're on the island. I almost thought that was also a little insensitive. I don't know if anyone else. It was just weird. Line. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come back. Yeah. Cause it was, it seemed like there was too much emphasis on that. And I, I, I don't know. Also, the fact, figured out. it would have been funny if I guess, okay. Funny is overstating it and probably not the right word, but like someone in there should have gotten COVID. Cause it's like, well, miles invented that. It probably didn't work. Yes. <laughs> Mm. I thought about that at the end. Yeah. But th- maybe that was a rid- one idea Ryan Johnson had at one point. And then it's just like, yeah, people just think that'll we- that's weird. Maybe if 80% of the movie never thinks about COVID, maybe people just forget it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
they get to the island. The dock is made out of plastic or glass or something <laughs> and rises like, up. Yeah, it looks like glass. Yeah. I knew right away that the guy was, was like, it's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny when he was like, yes. piece of shit. It doesn't float, so it doesn't go up to whatever the level of tide is. It has yeah. to be low tide for anyone to land on the on the yes. island. <laughs> um, there's uh, you don't find that out till later, but it seems you know if you're just thinking about it, it's it's obvious it doesn't float. Yeah. Um, Miles is waiting for them on the beach. It's Ed Norton. He's playing a guitar. He's kind of playing Blackbird by the Beatles. He says it's the guitar Paul wrote it on, then throws it in the sand. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All the like jokes about him having too much money at like land for me really good. Yep. Yeah. Um, um they're all hilarious. Pretty much right from the beginning, he is well, you should say right from the beginning, when Benoit Blanc gets there, the other characters are like, Why is this guy here? Even though they're from extremely disparate fields and industries, they're all very good friends and they go on these island trips sometimes. But also Benoit Blanc's here. Um and uh I also like that the table setting for this is that it's going to be a murder mystery party. Yes. Uh, because that immediately has me thinking. I'm like, well, it's got to be whoever's supposed to be murdered is going to be murdered. Yeah. Um, but as they talk more with Ed Norton and kind of like start giving you some information, I did keep thinking, I was like, they can't murder Ed Norton. <laughs> he, he can't, they can't kill him, right? That's like, yeah. like, that can't happen. Well, that's the misdirect Yeah, that even Benoit Blanc's like, everyone here has a motive to kill you, which is true because he sucks. But yeah. um, also right from the bat, right off the bat, when you meet Ed Norton, he's doing like the malapropisms. I think he says, what, imbreviate? Yes. Right there on the beach mm-hmm. at the beginning. It turns out he's just dumb. Yes. Uh, you meet the random guy on the beach <laughs> who keeps coming up. And every time I'm like, this guy can't be important. There's no way this guy's important. So that's another thing that's like, it's important in a sense. Like if you know the guy, um, oh God, what's his name? Yeah. So he's in pretty much every Ryan Johnson movie and he's just like friends with Ryan Johnson. That that guy was like the deputy cop in Knives Out. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Not like Keith Stanfield, but the white guy. <laughs> um, it was that guy. But now he's just like a stoner on a, on a beach in Greece. Who's just hanging out because he's going through some stuff or whatever they say. <laughs> One thing too, the way I watched this movie, and I might be weird, is I'm gonna be honest. I feel like I really did not try to figure out much about what was going on. Yeah, I don't would, know if that's unusual. It would be a bit difficult to do that in this one. I think to actually. I don't think I'd, I. I tried at the beginning, and then I was like, you know what? This is just fun. I'm just gonna watch this and see where it goes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Every now and then, I'll think like. Uh, you know what I mean? Where I was thinking, yeah. I was like, oh, I don't think Miles is going to die. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or he's not going to be like the mystery. Um, so like things like that will pop up. But for the most part, I was just like, oh, I'll just kind of watch the movie and see what happens. Oh, and then every time someone new came on the screen, I'd be like, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple things I figured out like two seconds before they revealed it. And I'd be like this. Yeah. Like I was like, it's pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Noah Segan or Noah Sagan, I'm not sure, is the name of that guy who plays Daryl in this one. Yep. Uh, he is in, I think, every Ryan Johnson movie. Oh, so he's some background character in, in Last Jedi also. Just his buddy. Yeah, just his buddy. Or something. Keep getting those uh, SAG checks. Yeah. Maybe this is just so his buddy can keep health insurance through SAG. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, he's funny, though, and he's really good at Knives Out also. 
So, yeah, they're on the island. There's just stuff happening for a while. It leads to the party where there's supposed to be a murder mystery thing. Benoit Blanc figures it out before the mystery even happens, or before the murder even happens. Yeah, before this, he goes to Miles' room, and they reveal that he wasn't invited. Yes, that's a that's a key point. Yeah. But Miles is like, it's cool, you can stay anyway. Yeah, you're a great detective. Yes. And he's like, see if you can figure out the mystery. It's really tough. Yeah. <laughs> Like you said, just like fun stuff going on. They're out there. He's got way too many expensive things. It's just like a really nice depiction of what a guy with a lot of money and no taste might make yes. out of a house. For sure. Um, it's just a, it's clashing styles. And then like randomly the Mona Lisa is over there because he has it on loan from the Louvre. You know, it's uh just, a, it's telling you the whole time that this guy is sort of just jitty. He's got the Matisse and the Van Gogh in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy just sucks. He's got the car on the roof. Yeah. He's got the car on the roof. I don't go anywhere without it. It's funny because it's not it's not how I expected the character to be from the intro. Like with all the, the puzzle boxes. I was like, yeah, oh with man. The puzzle boxes. They because they do set you up the opposite way at first, because you got the yeah. puzzle boxes. I like that he says he has a puzzle box guy. Yeah. Because like, yeah. <laughs> it's like a, they talk about him being brilliant, and I'm like, oh yeah, like this is cool. He made all these boxes. And he's like, Oh yeah, my puzzle box guy. I'm like, you didn't even make these boxes. No, he doesn't and then make he had anything. that lady write the the yeah. the whole nerd mystery yeah, for him. They, they also throw you off yes. in the beginning with his uh, uh, like assistant or whatever, Lionel, I think was his name, right? Yeah. When he's talking to the group of people and he's like, well, this is what Miles wants. And, you know, he they're talking about how smart he is and how he always comes through. And then they're talking about the random facts he sends. And they're really weird. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then he's like, yeah. And then he had this child equals NFT or whatever. Yeah. That paid for this whole building. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess he does know what he's talking about or something. <laughs> yes. It's... um. One of the tricks of the movie is getting you to, even despite everything you're seeing, sort of buy the hype around this guy just because you're being told that he's brilliant so many times. Mm -hmm. And obviously he's successful, so he must be brilliant. <laughs> Which is, uh, as a lot of people pointed out, there's, you know, a number of real world parallels. <laughs> huh. Anyway. You don't say. <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, and again, this was... They wrote it before that and then filmed it in summer 2021. So way before anyone bought Twitter. So couldn't be above them. Yep. Um, God. So, yeah, it's uh, I think it's supposed to more be about Zuckerberg, honestly, than Musk mm. as an inspiration. He specifically says he like so you he's social networker or something. Yeah, yeah right. Um, anyway, point being cool movie. That hit at exactly the right time when it did in, in fall of 2022 when all of that stuff was happening. Mm -hmm. And so it caught fire a little bit, as much as uh, Netflix allowed it to, I guess, which wasn't very much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they're on the island now. Um, the Glass Onion is what Miles named his house, and it yes. looks weird, but it's got a big dome on top where you see the cower on the roof yep. and uh, where Miles brings uh, Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc to talk about why he's there because he wasn't invited. Um, yeah. Do you guys get the metaphor? The glass onion metaphor? What about it? It's like, it's not really a metaphor. It's, it's sort of just plainly stated, I guess, in the movie. But uh, Ryan Johnson says he wasn't actually thinking about the Beatles song, Glass Onion. But they wrote that because everyone super overanalyzed their lyrics and a glass onion is a thing that seems like it has a lot of layers, but you can actually just see right through it. Yep. 
And then I guess, uh, apparently, haven't seen this enough times, but whatever, grain of salt. Maybe this is true. Maybe it's just the internet. I guess that's also what a British slang term for like a magnifying glass was. Glass onion. Because it's kind of like bulges, you know? So I guess it has a double meaning for a whodunit. Oh, that's funny. Hmm. One that, you know, Miles himself is a glass onion. There's yeah. seems like there's a lot going on, but you can, it's, there's stupid. not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the story itself, same way. It's actually, seems like there's all this stuff happening, but it's not really. No, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know that yet. So there, there's the scene at the pool, there's him talking. Throughout this whole thing, especially the first time I watched it, I'm curious how you guys felt about Daniel Craig's performance before the big reveal. Because for me, and it turns out that he was just sort of playing everyone, of course. But for me, it was sort of frustrating how much dumber the character seemed in this movie. Um, I don't know. I think he was kind of like that in Knives Out too, wasn't he? Yeah, I feel like there was a few times in Knives Out where I was like, oh, this guy's supposed to be so super smart, but he seems like he's just bumbling around. I was like, this has to be like an act. And I felt like it had that same characteristic. Yeah, yeah. That's fair that it happens there too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he, he has like the Poirot thing where he reveals at the end that he immediately clocked that there was blood on, on Adarmas' shoe in the first movie. Yes. Stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Cause he is, does, is seemingly bumbling because she is just in the first one wandering around like ruining all the evidence and he's yeah. like, oh, I can't, be, like, you know what I mean? And she's just like in plain sight in front of him, destroying all the, the evidence and things like that. And he's like, and I was like, oh, is he like, and I was waiting for there to be some kind of reveal somewhere yeah. that he knew it was. And I was like, he has to know. He has to know. So this one, I felt like it didn't um, stand out as much. I was like, okay, yeah, okay, it's that's fair. You know what I mean? Something's going on here. That's fair. Especially yeah. when he ruins the murder mystery party. I was like, this is very, I was like, he he knows he's like, he's not just excited about like. Yeah, you know, he's not just like. That oblivious. Doesn't ha- right, exactly. That oblivious, yeah. That you can't do this. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, this has to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like how awkward he is with Kate Hudson and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even though it's explicit in this movie that he is a gay man. Yes. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, great fits though. Great clothes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that he comes to the <laughs> He has that like got- seersucker short sleeve shorts suit. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's got like a, a ascot tie or thing. Like yeah. A, like a, I don't know what that is. Like the. Oh yeah. And Hugh Grant showed up for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was, I was, I was talking about that too. You just hear a voice when Daniel Craig's in the bathroom yeah, the first time through, but in the in the flashback reveal section, you turns out it was Hugh Grant at the yes. door. <laughs> Hugh Grant and Daniel Craig would make a good couple. Um, I didn't realize that they were a couple until we you just said that. Hugh Grant looked like he was like baking. I said it's explicit, but I guess it's not that explicit. They, they just happens to be two good friends who live together. They're, maybe they were roommates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of roommates. They're their like age. in their fifties or sixties, <laughs> and they're roommates. Yeah, he's in the tub. His yeah. roommate is baking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were roommates. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those old obituaries. You, yeah. you can see that, like, yes, they they never married, but. Lived together as very good friends under the same roof. Left behind their scarf collection. (laughs) A lot of roommates wear that outfit Daniel Craig wore that pool. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But anyway, so all this is happening. It's just setting up different red herrings or different plot lines or different threads. The point is the murder that Daniel Craig's actually there to investigate already happened. 
but we don't know that yet. So it all leads up to this dinner um, party with the murder mystery. The reveal thing is fun where Daniel Craig is just like, Oh, all that stuff. That guy over there is pointed at you. It's going to hit you. Scene. It was so good. And especially because the whole scene, I'm just waiting for the crossbow to go off. As soon as yes. he points to the crossbow, I'm like this thing's going to go, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's going to, it's going to shoot Ed Norton. He's going to be upset about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I'm like, Oh, Oh, and it's a great punchline. Yes. To him ruining the whole thing. Yes. Is him getting shot with the, like, you know, whatever the suction cup. The, I like but, that blood spurts out too. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. And when the blood spurts, I was like, Oh, that's really good. <laughs> that's pretty funny. prior to this too. It starts the, um, he talks about the Mona Lisa. Yes. Yeah. He's like, they go over the, the there's team. a button here to override it. Like they only let me have it here. If, Every time the environment changes temperature or whatever, there's a protective shield that lowers over it. That's important to know. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. I, but there's a button that I installed. Yes. They also mention here that it's super sensitive and even the phone ding set it off. And then you get the noise of the Mona Lisa, like the thing, a lot. And I really like the noise of this thing because I was waiting for it to not go off or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because anytime someone's talking, a phone dings, like yep. anything, you, you hear, hear the, the vroom. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, every time something starts, can you make waiting, that noise again? <laughs> I'm like good. waiting for the the noise not to happen or something. Like there was a point where I thought it didn't go off too, and I was like, oh, what's going on? You know what I mean? And like, I, I don't know, especially when they're like yelling and getting like arguing later, and it's vroom, over and over. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was really really yes. cool. And it, There's it so many really things in this movie where I'm like. I'm waiting for it to be important. And like, that was one of them, you know? So the whole time I'm like, Ooh, what's going to happen? I'm like, is someone going to steal the Mona Lisa? Is that what the mystery is going to be? Is somebody going to like, I almost thought there was going to be like a really gruesome death of somebody like falling on the the thing as it was like going up and down. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of things that my mind was like going towards and didn't end up panning out. I I thought that that noise in the the whole concept of it was really effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, really, really like that. So at dinner, Miles reveals that he's, or it's after dinner, whatever, the clear thing. He's. It was right, but it's before. It's before he does the murder mystery. Oh, okay. Spoiling. So clear, clear is this like magic, you know, super substance that is so fuel efficient that it'll change the world. And it's uh, according to Catherine Hahn, who's the politician. And Leslie Odom Jr., who is the scientist, it is super dangerous and should not be used. <laughs> yes. Because uh, by the time uh, Benoit ruins the murder mystery party, you are already aware that everybody is mad at Miles for one reason or another. And yeah. Lionel and, uh, I forgot the other one, the girl, Catherine Hahn. Um, yeah. You, you, the senator, the I think, or governor or whatever. Governor, yeah. whatever. Yeah, they're mad about the clear. Yes. So I, I remember that... Um, and you think Duke's mad about the, uh, the the affair kind of thing going on? Yes, with whiskey. Yeah, with whiskey. Yeah. Um, Kate Hudson has some sort of terrible tweet that she's made. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All all her jokes were really funny because <laughs> yeah. they talk about her Beyonce costume that was offensive, yeah. <laughs> and she, it was an it was a tribute. Yeah. And they talk about her comparing herself to Harriet Tubman, and then. Mm-hmm calling someone Jewy and I was like <laughs> please tell me you don't think that <laughs> a sweatshop is a place where they make sweatpants <laughs> yes she's uh she accidentally agreed to have her sweatpants manufactured in sweatshops and yes. that's come out now yes 
You replied, oh, that sounds great. Thanks. <laughs> With a dab emoji. Yes, <laughs> <Nice>. dab. <laughs> dab me mo- the dab emoji or whatever. That's those ones that look like you, right? Yep. <laughs> so... Blanc ruins the murder mystery and run, He goes upstairs with Miles and tells him that everyone here has a motive to kill you. He reveals that he ruined it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. While this is going on, I think it's while this is going on, there's an argument with the group and Andy, we think Andy, Janelle Monet's character, storms off. Yes. Yep. Um, and then as the, not Andy, but everyone else gets back downstairs, um, Duke dies. Mm-hmm. He seems to be choking or is poisoned or something, and he falls through a glass table, and he's dead. Yep. I'm glad he falls through the glass table because Dave Batista's real big. I like it when he falls onto things. <laughs> yeah, he's fallen through a lot of tables in his career. Yeah, I don't know why. When there's a real big guy, and he like falls on a table or something, and it, like he falls on furniture and it breaks. Yeah. I like that. All and, right. <laughs> yeah. You didn't like that part? That's I mean, that's part. fine. It's good. Like, wow, sure. look how big he is. He landed on the table and just broke it. It's a weird thing to like. We can't move on until you agree that it's cool. It's, All right, it fine. Cool. No, you say it's cool. It. Just say it, though. Okay, it's good. Yeah. It's a great part of the movie. It's the Thank best you. part. Um, <laughs> everyone assumes Andy did it. There's some business with the cups and that they think maybe Andy or somebody poisoned Duke's glass. And Yeah. I was 100% sure Andy was uninvolved. Yes, because Mm -hmm. that's the first thing people say. So you're like, well, that's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And then the the puzzle box thing, too, like threw me off. Yes. They do a good job throwing you off with the puzzle box. Right. True. They also note that Duke had a pistol and it's missing. Mm -hmm. They try and call the authorities. And because of what you later realize is them saying that the island is a piece of shit, Mm -hmm. uh, they won't be able to get there till morning at low tide. Yes. At this point, the one thing the movie's done really well for me is I have zero suspicion that it is Miles who is causing any of these problems. Yeah. And I think it's effective then. It is very effective. And like you said, at this point, I think they've actually given you a lot of evidence that Miles is stupid and it does not stick for like I, I knew he wasn't like a genius or anything, you know what I mean? But like I didn't think he I don't know. I didn't think it was him. Yeah. And I was I, very sure someone was trying to kill him. And I like that as this is all, all this chaos is happening, Ed Norton goes, oh, no, I forgot that I had timed the, all the power to go out <laughs> at 11. Yep. And all the power goes out. And then there's a pretty there's a pretty cool sequence. I like, you know, the shadows playing on the walls and people running through the hallways. Mm-hmm. And it ends with Andy getting shot. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you see Benoit Blanc kind of kneeling over her dead body as the other people from the group come. And then um, he gathers everyone up and... As he's about to start saying, like, yeah, he, you know, knows who murdered her. Extended flashback. So that was a long flashback. Extended flashback. The two things I noticed when Andy gets shot is when she runs over, he calls her Helen. And I was like, that's weird. That was, was, (laughs) yeah. In the theater, I was like, what is he saying? I didn't, like, yeah, I couldn't, I didn't know. No one had said either. Helen yet in the movie, so I wasn't expecting to hear Helen. And he's, yeah, he goes, Helen. Agree. Yes. Like, we had subtitles. I had the same helper. Oh, yeah. So I was subtitles. like, uh, interesting. Helen. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> huh. Yeah. Why? Very confused. And then I was also confused because when she dies and he like turns to look at everyone, he's crying. Yeah. And I was like, huh. 
Because like, I was like, you he met this guy. He met this woman an hour and a half ago or yeah. whatever. He did not cry when Duke died. Right. Which is a little different. <laughs> but still, I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I was like, huh. And then, yeah, the extended flashback. I will say when the flashback first starts, I did, I, it goes back a bit much. Like it did take me out of it. <laughs> So my main thing with this movie is that bit is like, you know, the the adage, this movie is also pretty long, I would yes. say. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes the old so stupor, stupid, like, you know, office space style joke, um, that meeting could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Benoit could have just been like, actually, that's some other person we met a few weeks ago. She asked me to come here and do this. Yeah. And I think that I, I haven't timed it, but it goes on quite a while. It is a long, You long redo step-by-step, step, not just what's happened so far in the movie, but you start a few weeks before the movie. Yes. <laughs> I didn't mind. I thought that was, it was fun. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it's, uh, I, I think it's cool and a bold choice. Um, it's a layer. I do worry that it's got a bit, that maybe maybe trim it down a little bit. Yeah, it, like I said, it pulled me out. I, it did pull me back in. Yes. I was able to, yeah. but it did pull me out for a bit. I love that as soon as she shows up with the smashed box, like you know everything, I feel like, because you're, yeah, because he specifically went and did this spiel with Miles about like, someone must have sent me their box. You know what I mean? And I'm like, he's got this, like, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, it's really funny that he went out of his way to mention that it had a bunch of simple children's puzzles that he solved immediately. <laughs> Which just, I was like, you just did that to be a dick. Yeah. Because he's like, at that point, is like, well, that guy's killed this lady's sister, so fuck him. I'm going to make fun of your stupid box first. Yes. <laughs> um, before I ruin your life. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to ruin your party. Yep. <laughs> and so it shows step-by-step. Step. Helen, who is a teacher in Alabama, I want to say, or Mississippi, maybe. Um, Somewhere, I don't know. Yeah. And it's so Janelle Monet doing a different accent, but mm-hmm. playing a, you know, a second character in the movie. And um, then I like as it goes back through the movie that's happened so far, all the stuff where she's trying to be Andy and you see it slipping a little bit more. So now it's Janelle Monet playing a character that's trying to do an impression of a, another character that she already played. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a cool, it's a cool structure. I think Janelle Monet is really good in this movie. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I uh, like I said, I, it, when it flashed back that far, I felt like it took me out of the movie a bit and I think it got me back once they actually get onto the boat or like, yeah. Cause then we're seeing things that like we've seen from a different angle at this point, not the like, new stuff two weeks earlier. Which even that I think was a little long. Like they could have just been very, like you said, brief. Like, oh, this is her twin sister. She needs help figuring out the murder. But I felt like that part, even before they get back to the beginning of the movie, took a while. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's all good stuff. I don't actually. So I'm being a little bit, you know, armchair critic, I guess, um, armchair editor, maybe. I don't know what you'd cut necessarily. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I do think you know taken by their component parts, I th- all this stuff is pretty good. It just is sort of like you get to a point where Benoit Blanc's like, I know what happens, and you really want to get back to that point to find out what happens. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's maybe a it's a choice. yeah, it is. Yeah, maybe it's a credit to the movie if it feels long, just because you want to get back to where you were. Yeah. Um. But I I, I do like it though. 
Yep. It was it was really interesting to see those extra cuts of those scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like what was here, happening like around the corner? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was Lionel talking to whatever Catherine Hahn's character name yeah. is about? Because you saw you knew they were talking, but you didn't know what they said. Yeah. Um. Why Andy was drinking so <laughs> aggressively in mm-hmm. that one scene in yep. the like cabana thing. Yep. Um, again, to see the end of this, this, the scene with Duke and finding out that he's not mad at Miles about an affair, you know yes. what I mean? was really interesting. I was yeah. like, oh, that's like a... He's mad because he wants a spot on Miles' news network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also, I guess he's... No, you don't see it later, never mind. But yeah, you see all the stuff going on. This is also the good Serena Williams joke happens. That was yes. Serena. Yes. That like yeah. it's, where it looks like an advertisement, and then it turns out Serena Williams is just like on a Zoom call, just yes. watching them. Yeah. I'm on the clock or something. That was another one. Yeah, like it's I said, your money. All, all the jokes about him being too rich, like really, really landed. Yeah, they were yes. really funny. They were really good. That he has, you know, Serena Williams on call, not not like by a phone, but literally like on a Zoom screen, just ready to do a workout whenever in something that you're told is. Like a seasonal home. Yes. <laughs> and he just doesn't acknowledge it, doesn't show up. Doesn't go there. Oh. It's it's pretty good. Like, yeah, it's I don't feel good. like going to the gym today. Yeah. So the crux of what happens here is that the whole company was actually Andy's idea, Helen's sister. Um, she had a, a napkin that she wrote everything down on, but she couldn't find the napkin in time for the trial after Miles fired her as CEO. And all their friends, everyone that's at the Glass Onion, the island right now, all testified and perjured themselves, saying that it was Miles' idea. Um, A little while later, a few weeks before the movie happens, Andy had found that napkin, sent an email to everyone, or effects, that she had found the napkin, and then um, someone went to her house and killed her, basically. Mm -hmm. Does he know that it's Miles yet? Or that's not, like, revealed at the moment, right? No, no, no. They, Um, They know that somebody you know dukes mentioned earlier like oh that time that i saw you coming from and he finishes it with anthony cadis's house or something like that i did notice that um duke says something about almost getting pancaked and then he said he used the word pancake and i was like oh that's i was like huh but i didn't like put it together i just that did stick out to me though um yeah so there's all these pieces all these new pieces that you're being introduced to before you get all the way back yes um and much like, I guess, the function of Anadarmus in the first movie, Helen on this island has actually been helping Benoit Blanc establish motives and find clues. Yes. And look around. And she didn't get shot either. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, as that one thing that it, the flashback did do for me was... Um, well, she did get shot, but she doesn't die, I guess. Because when Andy gets, sh- Andy gets shot, I was like kind of surprised but i didn't care that much you know what i mean yeah and within like 10 minutes into the flashback i was like oh that really sucks that she got shot <laughs> you know what i mean and i was immediately like oh that's why he's crying you know what i mean i was oh, like oh this yeah. really sucks you know what i mean yeah that i mean that's why the flashback was so long because it really builds up that character you know it made you care about her that's yes. true it's introducing who is it turns out like the second lead of the movie yeah <laughs> kind of yes <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I did feel for her. I did. Yeah. I really was like, oh, this really sucks that she got shot. Like, oh, that that stinks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt really bad because it is like it was a, a, a fair emotional blow. Because I was like, she's literally just here trying to find the murder. Like what happened to her sister? And she yeah. got fucking murdered. 
I was like, that sucks. It really does suck. Uh, so the kind of plotty stuff that happens right before that is uh, when, after he ruins the party game, Benoit tells her that she needs to like, you know, make it, ex- make a, f- make a fight happen and lose it. So you can storm out and go search the guests rooms for the napkin. Cause he yes. figures whoever killed her will have the napkin Yes, as you know, leverage or blackmail over miles. Um, and so she's searching around, she runs into whiskey. They both think the other one's trying to kill them or something. Um, or at least whiskey thinks that Andy, who she thinks is Andy is about to like attack her. Oh, it's, um, she, uh, she got like it, she has like she, a she a builds a rapport with gun. whiskey in the the flashback. Yes. Um. And whiskey is complaining about Duke in a lot of it. Yeah. And then when she runs into the room crying, she's like, "Um, I had to go. I I left Duke or something like that. Like yeah. she meant like she left his body. And yeah. Andy thought she was saying she left him. She's like, "Good, he deserved what he got." And like going on. So she <laughs> thinks Andy's murdered him at yes. this point. And then she picks up the spear gun. <laughs> Yeah. Because she That's thinks right. Andy's just killed him. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the flashback somewhere. Yeah, we're in the flashback somewhere. We we just skipped some time. I'll just put that directly in the episode to excuse whatever weird cut we have to make. Um, so we when we get back to real time, we find that Andy does well, Helen does get shot, but because of Andy's notebook in her jacket or dress or something. It's in her pocket of her. In her uh, pocket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that stops the bullet, but she gets knocked down because she still, I mean, was shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Blanc is right there on the scene. So as he's kneeling over her, he puts some hot sauce. Some Jeremy Renner hot sauce. Some yes. Jeremy Renner branded <laughs> hot sauce. What was it called? It had some kind of punny name. <gasps> yeah. I don't know. And they put some on his, uh, he puts it near his eyes to, to cry, yeah. to cry. Yep. Yeah. And that's why he was crying. Mm-hmm. And he tells her as she's laying there pretending to be dead, um, you know, he's going to cause a distraction. You go find the napkin. Yeah. It, it's it's the glass five minutes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's when, oh, right. Yeah. Because she, we were talking about her trying to rifle through everybody's stuff, running into whiskey, whiskey thinking that she's celebrating Duke's yeah. death and grabbing the spear gun. Um, and so they deduce correctly that the napkin is actually up in Miles' office in the Glass Onion Dome. Yep. So um, she's going to go up there once everyone's distracted by Blanc's explanation. His monologue. He just starts monologuing. I looked up. It's running hot. <laughs> running hot, yeah. I love that he starts monologuing because it starts off <laughs> yes. so strong and just gets like worse yeah. as he's like running out of time kind of. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's really funny. And you also realize when he gathered everyone together to be like, uh, gather everyone for the reveal of the thing, which is a very Poirot move. He's actually just vamping for time. So Andy can go do this thing. Helen, sorry. Um, yeah. And he sort of just, uh, you know, walks through what happens. And miles killed both people that are dead now, both Andy who made it he kind of made it look like a suicide. Um, and also he switched the cups and gave pineapple to Duke. And that's why he died. There's a lot of other stuff going on too, but you know, that's what happens. I like that. He, his big reveal too, is that miles is an idiot. Yes. And then I love that. He <laughs> so gets, stupid. It's brilliant. No, it's just dumb. <laughs> it's just dumb. 
Yeah. I hate dumb things. And yeah. I love that he's like, your only good thing you stole from me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's good. <laughs> it's really good. They go through step by step, you know, who was at the house when, what happened, why was, yeah, what was Duke and Ed Norton talking about right before Miles killed him. Mm-hmm. You know, the news had broken that Andy was dead uh, back on the mainland, back in America. So, yeah. Andy finds, sorry, Helen finds the napkin upstairs um, behind. We we did miss the whole like flashback part that is set at, you know, the glass onion, um, the bar that all these people were losers at together before they all got really successful. And um, in the, in keeping with the theme of miles stealing things, you see him cycling through a number of styles that are directs you know, lifts like he's doing the Steve jobs, turtleneck and jeans thing. There's a few other ones in there too, that he just directly lifted from other successful entrepreneurs. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Um, It is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And everyone like you used to be a loser. Um, I like that the thing that he did for Duke, because for Catherine Hahn, it's like he ran her campaign and helped her win city council and got her career started. And with Duke, it's like, he showed him how to set up a Twitch account. <laughs> set him up on Twitch. Uh, yeah, he should have been able to figure that out. No. Um, anyway. So, yeah. It's, uh, you know, all these people were actually losers and kind of still are. And they all rely on Miles to. His, his for golden teeth. Yes. His golden teeth. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much the case. That's why they all betrayed Andy and testified against her and lied on in court. And now they all have this terrible thing that they did that they have to keep a secret or they all, you know, have to admit that they perjured themselves. Yep. Um, but none of that matters for a second, at least, because Miles burns the napkin. That's evidence that they all lied. That's evidence that Andy had the idea for the company. I was really surprised the napkin got burnt. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> did not expect that. And then when Helen should have just left. She right. should maybe gotten the napkin and left while everyone thought she was dead. That's not a bad plan. <laughs> mm. I well, where was, would she have gone? She can't get off the island, right? No, but wherever Daryl is. Oh. <laughs> she know, she ran through that room. She knows where Daryl is. <laughs> yeah, like, I was surprised the napkin got burnt, and then I was surprised that Benoit didn't have some kind of reveal about why it didn't matter. No. <laughs> He's kind of just like, I can do nothing for you. This is bad. <laughs> but then it's kind of like a wink, and he hands her some of the, um, the clear, the clear, the solid form of clear, yes. the super dangerous substance that's powering the glass onion. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says something to the effect of like, remember why your sister walked, like, yes, uh, something about why her sister walked away, because that's when I was like, oh, he, because they don't show that he gives the clear, but he says that. And I was like, oh, the sister walked away because the clear is dangerous. Yeah. So, and that's like the the thing. Yep. So he hands her that. He leaves. He's he's like smoking a bong on the beach with Daryl, I guess, while this is going on. Oh, he lights up a cigar finally because yes. the, when he tries to before, the alarm thing goes off. This is a smoke-free garden. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to run away from the cigar. And he throws it in the, the little water and it's like don't pollute our gardens like our water yeah. <laughs> oh it must it's smoke free because there can't be any fire <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> i'm thinking about that stuff. until just now 
Um, in a cathartic rage. That's what Wikipedia says. Anyway, yeah, in a cathartic rage, Helen starts just like knocking mm. stuff over. I gotta do more stuff in a cathartic rage. I, yeah, I, you gotta clear out some time every couple weeks for a mm. cathartic rage. And uh, yeah, eventually everyone else starts joining in too. Yep. And then she goes too far and then everyone and else everyone's is like, like, be cool. We're out. Yeah, when she starts the fire, pretty much, right? I think when, when she starts smashing the piano and someone's like, I think that belonged to, like, whoever yeah. they say. <laughs> Miles is kind of just like, okay, let it out. Do what you, what do what you want. And everyone's smashing stuff. When when everyone's smashing stuff. And then it, it escalates, and eventually you see that she's going to go after the Mona Lisa. <laughs> yes. Once the fire starts raging. Yeah, once the... Um, uh, she uh, throws uh, the clear, right? Mm-hmm. Is that before the Mona Lisa? That's before the before. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the fire's already like raging. Right? That's from the explosion from it. Yeah, it yes. blows up the top of the glass onion. Yep. She uh, throws the clear into the bonfire that she's made. It gets sucked up into the air vents, and it's like, I guess, an explosion that goes throughout the whole complex. Yes. Um, and then there's a slow motion race, pretty much, to hit the emergency override to open the Mona Lisa's yes. thing. And yeah, everyone's yelling in slow motion, and her and... She's running over and she hits the button. Yeah. And the Mona Lisa burns up. That's, uh, it's not good for Miles. No. (laughs) (laughs) And the, yeah, like we said earlier, the point being, you know, since it's clear is the thing that destroyed the Mona Lisa, obviously it's dangerous. That's how the public will see it. Yeah. And since the clear isn't going to happen, the other people have no reason to continue lying. Uh, so they all say, that they're going to testify against Miles. Yep. And Helen walks over to the beach where she and Blanc sit and watch the police boats come in. Right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, shit. Again, I just don't care about the Mona Lisa that much. It's bad, you know, cultural history. It's it's not a good thing. I'm not saying you should burn it down, but I am saying I'm going to clear my throat a bunch of times. Just imagine I am. I have seen it in person. Um, and it wasn't that impressive. I've seen better. I hear that's what, mo- what most people say when they see it in person. Yeah, it's pretty small. Mm-hmm. Kind of sucks. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's kind of just like, ugh. It's I underwhelming mean, when you see it. They make you person. stand in a line for it. It's I wasn't very like, crowded. You I don't You can see it, but you get in the line if you want to see it from six feet away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about the Mona Lisa particularly, but I still was like, thought it was a big deal to burn it down <laughs> it's not good and it is it is effective i mean it will be associated i mean clear will be a very negative connotations in in the public eye yes for sure right i was thinking about how the louvre is going to get in trouble well they shouldn't have given that to that guy no and i don't it made it seem like a lot of people didn't know that they did that yeah he, he says he like bailed out the government of france with a loan or something i think and I this think was the collateral Louvre because nobody was coming to the museum. Oh, so they right. like, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, he he got to rent the painting. Yeah. And then he destroyed it. They got a lot of other stuff in there. It's pretty good. Sure, but you know. <laughs> it's probably insured, right? Uh, mm, yeah. Would, did would, did they break the terms of the insurance was, though by probably. giving it to like it let it be in a private residence? Well, that's okay then, because then they can sue him, probably. Oh yeah, so, right. I'm um, thinking it's he's gonna be his gone, actually. Right? I'm thinking he has like insurance, like it's his policy that's gonna cover the Mona Lisa. 
oh, well, he, he violated his policy once he installed that button, I bet. Yeah, they're going to be like, <laughs> why didn't the thing work? Why didn't oh. you fix it when it was broken? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't broken. Yeah. I um, Cause I thought he said the insurance company made him have it. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Yeah. yeah. So this movie, you know, for only being in theaters for a few days and then out on Netflix a month-ish later, uh, pretty good reception. Uh, the cast was praised. The screenplay got that nomination for adapted screenplay at the Oscars. But, you know, and you guys said you liked it a lot. Yeah. I yeah. It was really good cool. movie. Lots of fun. It is fun. I, Knives Out was really fun, too. I'd be pumped to watch a third one. Um, and I'm definitely on the side of liking Knives Out more. I agree with that. Yeah. Knives Out is better. But you said they were pretty, pretty close for you. Yeah, they were pretty close for me. That's good. They both, I don't, I don't know, it was the experience for me for both of them. It was just a fun watch. I okay. had a good time the whole, like from beginning to end. It felt like none of it was slow. It was just good. Like I said, I got pulled out a little bit during the flashback, but, um... I really like this one, but I do think the I think Knives Out is better. I think it just structurally, I like Knives Out. It just is kind of fully propulsive sort of the whole time. You know, there is also flashbacks in that one, but they're not you such a huge... didn't like that movie. flashback, huh? It's just, I think it's what you're saying about it's just you get to a really climactic feeling point and then you hit the brakes real hard. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it because it's it's layering. It's different though. It's layering. You know, you saw the whole well, thing up to that yeah. point. Now you get another layer on top of it. You know, uh, it, it's a fugue. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I really hope that's the term. It's the point, guys. I'm gonna have to cut it out every time I sounded smart. Fugi. Oh, it's fugue. Right. Fugi. <laughs> My bad. Um, I uh, I think there's another one coming out. The second sequel is in development as of March 2023. So. Okay. No one's asked him for a few months, but in March of this year, he said he was working on another one. I think Knives Out, I was trying too hard to figure it out the whole time that I was getting a little frustrated. This one, I was just, you know, yeah. more casual about See, it. See, I feel like in these kind of movies, I never try to figure it out too much because I feel like sometimes you can't. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's just no way. So I don't want to bother in case it's one of the ones where, like, that's not, it's not possible. You're not going to figure it out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Both of these movies subvert the typical whodunit structure, um, not with the situation where the detective sleuth guy already sort of knows what's happening from the beginning and is playing other people, because that happens in a lot of these movies, but with it's it's something else going on. In Knives Out, it's not actually a murder mystery. Uh, Christopher Plummer's character killed himself because um, he thought he was protecting Marta, Anadarmus's character. Uh, in this one, Benoit Blanc is there not to solve a murder mystery, but because a murder happened several weeks ago that he already knows about and is there to confront the guy. Yes. Um, so they're both subverting those uh, traditional trappings of the genre in that way. So it is newer and fresher than a lot of the other kind of, you know, stuff like this. And it's not a period piece. A lot of whodunits tend to have to be. Um, but this one can still have a big starry ensemble cast and be a fun sort of twisty mystery. Yeah. Like you said, it's fun. Yeah. I think they're both really fun. Movies. I think you described it as like you were along for the ride. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a ride. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't have a lot of cliches. Like you said, like a lot of mm-hmm. murder mysteries do. So yeah, it just yeah. felt very fresh and, uh, the whole time. And that Benoit Blanc character is just so 
He's a lot of fun. Yeah. I think there's more lines from Knives Out from him that sort of stand out to me. I don't think there's anything as good as like a donut's hole in a donut's hole um, in this one. Yeah. Or a donut hole in a donut's hole or whatever. The, when he gets to the his eureka moment at the end yeah. of Knives Out. <laughs> I think I just liked all the stupid rich things in it. Yes. Those, like, it was just, those that was just landed. fun. This came out at a particularly rich time period. Um, and so I wonder if this is also kind of playing into my less than enthusiastic recounting of my experience watching it now is that this hit within a couple months of, I'm forgetting the order, Menu and Triangle of Sadness, which all have similar, all the rich people are dumb and we should burn their things <laughs> uh, messages. <laughs> <laughs> Um, fire a big part of all three movies. Mm. <laughs> Not as much bodily waste in this one as Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, quite a bit less. Quite a bit less. Definitely less bodily fluids than Triangle of Sadness. And yes. even le- less than Knives Out 1, the first one. Goes to show, because there is a discourse, and by that I mean maybe it was 20 people, but I saw their tweets on Twitter. <laughs> um that were complaining that like, oh my God, all these movies have the same theme about eat the rich. It's like, well, it was really just these three movies. There's other stuff too, and TV. Um, but it was really mostly these three movies they were talking about. And we haven't really gotten another thing like this since. So, and they're all pretty different. So, you know, was it a trend or does it just happen that supply lines and the way things were produced during COVID made it so that was around the time that movies could come out again? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Did you see either of the menu? Well, actually, never mind. Or Triangle of Sadness, but I know you did see Triangle of Sadness. We saw Triangle of Sadness. I didn't see the menu. I read the synopsis of the menu. Okay. Why? That's a good question. We were talking about it for okay. some reason. Fair enough. Was there somebody in it? There's people in it, mm. for no. sure. Nope, there's no cast in that one. There's of our no cast. Yeah, That's um, what makes it so Main interesting. characters are Anya Taylor-Joy and Rafe Fiennes. Ray Fiennes is the chef. I don't know. And there, I was enjoys the menu. I was definitely <laughs> looking somebody up in it. Um, Hung Chow, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for The Whale this year, but that's, I think she was better in The Menu. That's who it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because people were saying that they thought that she was better in The Menu, so I was like, whoa, what did she do in The Menu? Oh, yeah. And then I looked it up. That's what it was. She says tortilla is really funny. She should have gotten an Oscar nom for that. Tortillas. I like when people pronounce words funny. Yeah. Let's get into some ratings. What did you guys, on a scale of 0.5 to 5, on any scale of your choosing, think about the movie Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, a Netflix original? I didn't prepare for this. Oh, I didn't either. This was a mystery I I didn't expect. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was just thinking our scale was out of ten. Then I was like, "Oh, what am I gonna grade it out of ten? It's not out of ten. Uh, whatever you're gonna give it out of ten, cut it in half and round to the nearest. Doesn't work. Point like five. That. It's not the same. I agree, it's not the same. Yet Metacritic exists. So, mm. yeah. Hmm. Mm. What is my thing out of here? I really wish it was out of 10. I think we need it out of 10 scale. So my thing with this is that I am between two options, but you have to choose. I I know exactly what I'm giving it. I just don't know what it's out of. Okay. And there's a lot of things in this movie. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. A lot of items and whatnot. Mm. The issue for me is this is a solid 3.75. Yeah, yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> yep, yep. This is a solid, what What would that be, seven and a half? Yeah, yeah. This is a solid seven and a half. It is, it really is, but like... <laughs> You know, 3.5 feels too low, 4 feels too high. I think that's an us problem and not even, it was more a me problem that like 3.5s have been reserved for bad movies. Yes. On this podcast. But I think this movie is a 3.5 for me. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.5 cases of Jared Leto kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Out yeah. of five. Something. Uh, I'll go uh, 3.5 out of five uh, obscure celebrity cameos. <laughs> That's a good one. But a solid, a strong 3.5. Reaching towards the four, not quite getting there. <laughs> I, I just can't decide what I want to. A lot of options. Yeah, there's so many objects. Yeah. There's so many. There's yeah, so there's so many, many things. There's so too many. There's so mm. many objects. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna do uh four out of five uh fake shooting crossbows. I like it. Yeah, that was a good gag. It was really good. I really liked it. All right, and because I actually remembered every month i'm gonna make up a different question they're not all gonna be good uh, but i'll ask it on every episode on the same theme uh, so this month's question for whodunit month is a two-parter first whodunit. what would you be better at and what would you prefer to do not necessarily what do you want to do but what do you think you'd be better at and then what would you want to be better at right okay getting away with a murder or solving a murder what would I be? Okay, with the first two parts, what would I be better at? What would I want to be better at? Right. Yeah. Which would you prefer to do? Like, like you know, my tasks at work today are to solve a murder or to do a murder. And which one would you be better at? I'd obviously prefer to solve a murder, and I'd obviously <laughs> okay. be better at getting away with a murder. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard here. I would want to solve a murder, and I'd be better at solving a murder. I would definitely not get away with committing a murder. There's no way. I certainly wouldn't either, but you're not the first person to say that you would be. Why do you think you'd be good at getting away with murder? I don't think I'd particularly be good at getting away with murder, but I'd be better. I'd be more likely to get away with a murder than successfully solve a murder. <laughs> no, I've watched a lot of unsolved mysteries. I've solved a lot of murders. I could I could never. They're just going to answer my never. emails. I, <laughs> and I, I feel like I'm, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to stay on the task to find it. Any clues successfully oh, okay. and connect the right things. So you're saying both are pretty low percentage, but you think you have more of just like a puncher's chance to get away with murder? Greg's yeah. a very level-headed guy. I feel like a lot of people okay. get panicky. Yeah. I would get too panicky and I would Me make too. a lot of mistakes. Um, I think I'm level-headed. Day three, I'm going to the police station and just being like, <laughs> I need this to end. I'm a great liar. <laughs> Same. I'm yeah. a great liar. Yes, right. yes, this is true. You know what I mean? Um, and what is my thing? There's just like, I just, uh, my job is to just get away with murder. Go murder some random person. I think the like, 
the solve rate on random murders is pretty low, I think. You know what I mean? So just like almost sheer dumb luck. It's like it's just not likely like I'm fairly likely to get away with it. Mm. The rate of people getting away with random murders is way higher than the rate of random people solving random murders. (laughs) (laughs) You have to imagine that's basically zero. (laughs) It's got to be basically zero. No, some people have solved the unsolved mysteries. Yeah, not me. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, they're above average. They're people who watch that show, though. We're talking about the most random person. Yeah. Someone who has never seen those shows. I yeah, my odds of solving a murder is just so low. I think. Okay, that's an interesting angle to take on it. Yeah, I think for legal purposes, most people have just said the other thing. But you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. Just through sheer dumb luck. Yeah, I could just get away with it. Get a couple uh, unco- incompetent police officer or something. You know what I mean? Idea the the big thing with murders is that like the the motive and like that that's the connective yeah. thing. If you're just walking down a street and then like happen to just like someone's walking by, you kind of shoot them and you just keep going. <laughs> like no motive oh, whatsoever. That's what you were practicing at the at the party, the murder mystery party with the squirt gun. Yes. <laughs> I think you also got to find a town no where it's like an incompetent police, mm-hmm. like, you know, not. Or just already a high murder rate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's probably true. Or my back. I still don't is. think I'd get away with any murder in any situation in any precinct. No, I, I definitely would not. <laughs> in any jurisdiction, rather. I'm too nervous <laughs> yeah. of a person. See, I'm not, I, yeah. my Make a lot of mistakes. It's just murder, Pat. Because I feel like they, they not a lot of people would care. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought you were going to say a lot of people have motive. <laughs> I know, it's a lot, there's a lot of motive. And I feel already, like a, but you've already sent those threatening children's books. That's fine, though. A lot of, So many people would be willing to alibi me, too. I'd just be like, guys, I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up, I killed Pat. I need you guys all to alibi me. People be like, oh, I, I get it, I get it. I was like, he's being a dick. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, okay. I totally get a situation where you kill Pat. It's just it's right? logical. You're on your way you to go don't. kill Pat. You interrupt somebody else killing Pat already. And I oh, solved the murder. Awkward, yeah. <gasps> yes. yes. I've randomly solved the murder. And I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It brings us to the end. Anything else to say about Glass Onion, whodunits, and in general? I've been stuck with the Beatles song since I watched this like two days ago. I don't think I've seen a whodunit besides this and Knives Out. All right. Um, That brings us to the end. Thanks for being on. It was uh, Greg and Ray were the guests this week. Woo. All right. Bye. (laughs) Uh, You can find us on uh, the podcasts.org or whatever. I don't know. Um, Pod beans. Pod beans. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Tunes, uh, whatever it is. Look on Instagram. The Instagram no longer dormant. We're making posters. We're posting again. Uh, I didn't for 18 weeks, according to that. <laughs> um, it's fine, though. The That's new ones on are the, the best they've ever been. They've been in the oven for a while. That is on the, the podcast manager, in my opinion. I mean, the, the Instagram manager. Oh, you think it's Robbie's fault? Yes. That's late to the movies <laughs> underscore podcast on Instagram.com. <laughs> we do not have a threads account. Stop asking. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks again, Ray and Greg for being on um, podcasts forever. <laughs> yeah. I forgot you always end like that. Aren't you happy that we didn't try and do Benoit Blanc accents the whole time? We could have. I should have. Yeah.
We should have. I'm just bad at accents, but that normally doesn't stop me. I was just in a self-control mode tonight, I guess. Dinosaur. <laughs> if, if I'm being honest, it's just that I remember more quotes from Knives Out than this one. I would have been doing all of them if it was Knives Out. <laughs> Dinosaur. <laughs> the best movie ever. So good. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Uh,